Hello. We're actually doing this. I know, right? <laughs> We've been saying this for a year. We're going to be actually starting this podcast, and we're actually doing it. Yeah, I know, right? Um, it's been way too fucking long, but we're finally <laughs> here. Um, and yeah, welcome. Uh, this is the BDE podcast um, with Daryl. And Brandon. Yes. Um, yeah, so we're just kind of two uh, friends who just decided, eh, fuck it, why don't we just do a podcast just because. Yeah, we'll be uh, focusing on topics such as pop culture, including movies, music, and uh, anything else relating to that zeitgeist of information, because we are really into that sort of thing. So hopefully you'll exactly. stick around, listen for a few episodes, and be like, you know what? These guys are pretty cool. And uh, you just keep listening, and we'll be creating more and more stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, I think this is going to be a fun time. Um, and today, to start it off, since uh, it is mid-September, but you know, we're getting close to uh, spooky season, you know, the huge. Uh Today we want to talk about a little film that came out, <laughs> like about, like what, a week, two weeks ago? I thought it was um, the, this past week, right? Was it this past week? I think it was, it actually. recently. Yeah. Um, a little film called Malignant. <laughs> yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're going to get into the plot and everything. Um, I think we will say spoilers off the top, um, because, you know, this is the type of movie where it, it really does build to one big reveal. Um so it's not really the best. if you haven't seen the movie, I highly recommend you go watch it. Honestly, it's a ride. I I don't to say the least, it's a ride. Um, yeah, I I think that like it's um it's easily one of the more interesting horror films I've seen in the past couple of years. I mean, it's very memorable. It's funny to say the least. Um, so I would highly recommend going and watching it and uh, taking a minute. I mean, Brandon, what, what were your thoughts on the film before we get right. into like, the plot and everything? Um, as I talked to you about this before, Daryl, I would give this film an 8 out of 10 in terms of overall entertainment. Uh, as I've said before to Daryl, I'm not much of a horror movie person. I tend to, dis- like, I guess you could say, disassociate from the horror genre because it's just like a lack of believability but i had a really fun time with the movie um overall plot though i don't know what i i don't know what i watch i mean i know what i watch but like ugh, it's just it's so it's a zany it's you're just gonna have a fun yeah. time watching the movie yeah no exactly no i i 100 agree i think it's like it's weird because like if you're watching this with a very particular like how should i say this I think that the um, the marketing doesn't really give this movie justice. I think that the, the marketing really makes it seem as though it's a just straightforward, like, supernatural horror. Um, if you don't know, this film is directed by James Wan, who um, is one of the more, I guess, like, commercial um, directors uh, in horror. He uh, was the one who... He directed uh, the original Saw film, and then... Uh, went on to create, like, the Conjuring series, the Insidious franchise. Um, he then went into, like, blockbuster films like Fear 7 and Aquaman. And so with this movie, he's really doing something that is very different from his previous films. Um, and I kind of loved it. It's, it. it's, like, 
it's just so weird. It's just so weird. Yes, it is. It's super campy. It's just it's it's such a movie that's it's conflicting in the sense that it's well shot, soundtrack's great, um, but dialogue and plot, you're just like, what is what are these characters? It's very horror movie esque. Like it, it knows what it's doing. Yeah. It's supposed to be that B rated horror film that you see, and you're just like, yeah, I'm here for fun, essentially. And it and it does just that. And with that, there you want to kick us off into the plot of. Uh, this beautiful movie called Malignant. Okay, yeah. So um, I'll give like kind of like a general synopsis, and then we'll kind of get more into like the plot details and the big reveal because oh boy. Uh, so, uh, so uh, with Malignant, um, Malignant, as I mentioned, is directed by James Wan. It was written by a person named Akila Cooper, and uh, the story was by James Wan, Ingrid Bisu, and Akila Cooper. Um, the film, it stars, uh, Annabelle Wallace as a woman named Maddie Mitchell, or Madison Mitchell, sorry, keep saying Maddie. Um, and Madison, essentially, her character, she is a, a woman who has some sort of troubled past. She, um, is pregnant, she has an abusive husband. Uh, one day, uh, her and her husband get into an argument, uh, that ends in her, uh, getting, uh, her head hit against the wall, uh, Later, she uh, she locks her husband out, out of the bedroom and then goes to bed, essentially. Later, she wakes up. Um, we find that her husband has been murdered by something in the house, and some person or something. Uh, this thing starts chasing her around the house, and she gets knocked out. She wakes up in a hospital uh, to find that uh, she was pregnant, by the way. Her her baby is gone, and she her husband's dead, of course, and... Um, basically, as the film goes along, she begins to experience some form of paralysis or something where she begins to witness a series of murders happening, um, while she'll just be in her home, um, as if she's watching in real time, um, this killer, uh, murdering these various people. Um, and over the course of the film, we, we learn more and more about her past and more about why she has some sort of strange connection with the murderer. Um, yeah. Uh, so I guess we can we can start getting into like the plot details. So again, spoiler alert for anybody who uh, has not seen this movie. Um, again, go and watch it. <laughs> like, go and watch it. Um, but yeah, so... Oh god, where do we start with this? Um, I think we should definitely just kick it off by saying... Uh... I guess we just skip to the end portion of like the big reveal. So essentially, this killer is actually a, a teratoma, like parasitic twin attached to Madison. Um, meaning that this whole time the killer has been, I guess, quote unquote, Madison. So, but not really her. It's her parasitic twin on the back of her head <laughs> that um, was a, I guess you'd say, successful slash botched surgery in which they like these doctors that were the victims of the murderer um had previously like back in the 90s removed um the, the killer his name's gabriel actually let's just put that out i think that's an important plot gabriel, point yes. right there yes i forgot to mention that yeah yes so gabriel is the twin of madison's on the back of her head they tried removing her um and then shoved since they shared a brain they basically just shoved his head and or brain into her skull and so this whole time she's been living with Gabriel um, in, in that altercation 
um, with Madison's husband earlier in the movie um, caused Gabriel essentially to fully awaken to his potential and um, continue with these murders. And these murders are happening um, for both Eddie revenge and then also his final victims were supposed to um, make sure that Madison was the only person that he had left because um, Madison was adopted. It, oh God, there's just so much to unpack. Oh, this movie's just yeah. So like, I, I think we missed some some key portions essentially, which yeah. was Madison was adopted by a family because um, it was told to her that her mother died during childbirth. However, we later learned in the film that actually Madison's mother had um, given her up for adoption. I'm guessing because of Gabriel, uh, or other reasons, but I, I'm going to assume it's because there was an ugly motherfucker in the back of her baby's head, and she's like, mm, I don't want this baby anymore. <laughs> That's just my assumption. I, I mean, I'd probably feel the same way. and be like, you know what? I'll let other people raise it. Um, yeah, fair. Fair. I can't, I can't blame them. Yeah, and so, essentially, Gabriel's a petty little bitch and decides to kill um, everyone that put him in Madison's head, and then also want to kill Gabriel's, or not Gabriel's, Madison's adoptive sister, because Gabriel's like, no, she's mine. And that's pretty much the whole plot of the movie. That's his whole uh, MO. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So, like, I guess what's really interesting about this movie is that, like, as it goes along, the way it plays is that it, it, it plays as, like, a typical horror thriller to a certain extent. Like, it... it as as the story progresses, we we are at we are left asking all these questions, right? Like, okay, so Gabriel is something. We don't know what what Gabriel is. All we know is that it is a physical entity of some kind, and that it has the ability to m- manipulate electricity. They never explain that. It's they other, never properly explain why that's the case. Other than there was shock therapy done on Madison slash Gabriel, and they were still conjoined. Um, in their early life, so that's yeah. the whole reason why he can like possess uh, like radio waves and other things. Cause, like, yeah. like th- that's a huge like not a huge point in the movie, but literally he like um, flickers the lights on and off, and like he'll yeah uh, emanate his voice from a, a cell phone, being like, "I'm going to kill you," like that kind of thing. Yeah, and like, and it's interesting because it's like, well, when the movie starts off, and we didn't really talk about like the opening sequence of this movie because from the get i already felt like i personally was like okay what is this (laughs) because already immediately anything that i was given in the trailer anything that we were given in the marketing for this film was thrown completely out the window because when it starts we are all of a sudden introduced to some doctor um i'm forgetting the name of the doctor i think um uh british lee mcgee we'll just call her british lee mcgee british lee mcgee (laughs) So British Lady McGee, uh, she is giving doing some sort of recording of herself talking about Gabriel, and then uh, they all of a sudden like alarms are going off. She is in like a really, really, really poorly scripted like walk and talk with this guy who's like saying like, "Oh, we've tried everything," and blah blah. Like he seems to be getting stronger, and blah blah. blah. And then all of a sudden, some guy like flies into the wall. And then, like, the like, people are being, like, just murked left and right. Uh, someone's arm gets, like, completely broken in half. So it's just, like, a whole bunch of shit is happening. Um, Gabriel is then sedated. And at this point, we don't know anything about Gabriel being attached to Madison. We got a quick, a quick glimpse of what Gabriel looks like. And it literally, like, what we saw was essentially the teratoma 
Um, but we don't see Madison at all until we uh, see that like that like someone is being dragged across the floor. We see that it's like a child with like pink or purple socks on or something with like the that. Pandas. It's important because yeah, because pandas. I don't know. It was just pandas. like. It was a nice little panning shot of the socks, and we were just like, what? what? Yeah, so immediately we're like, what the fuck is Gabriel? What the fuck is going on? Like, who, who, why, why is this happening? Why is it happening? And so, but from after that, we then get this, like, title sequence that's so, like, like, yeah, fuck yeah, we're here for, like, for, like, a ride. And it's weird, because it's like, the, the, the movie... Again, going back to the marketing, I keep bringing this up, but the movie was marketed originally kind of like similarly to like The Conjuring, right? Where it's like where it's like, ooh, this is going to be like a masterclass in horror, and and it's going to scare the shit out of you, and blah blah. But like instead of it being very, uh, instead of it being directed like um, like The Conjuring or like the like the Insidious movies, where a lot of it is about atmosphere and restraint, these the, this movie in particular is directed more like James Wan's earlier films like saw or dead silence or death sentence and or yeah death sentence um and if you haven't seen i haven't seen death sentence i've seen the first saw movie it's fine i don't really love it but uh dead silence i think it's the perfect comparison to this even though dead, dead silence is more of like a supernatural thriller it has all the same like hallmarks that this movie has and it's very interesting seeing him to kind of like harken back to his roots while also incorporating like his his more modern sensibilities, you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, and so, um, and so as the film progresses, I think that where the movie really starts taking turns is where, like, so there is a scene in the movie, and it's really funny because I have a list of scenes that uh, took us out. Um, so we watched the movie together, and the thing about it that was really funny is that there are various scenes in the movie that left us like asking questions. Um, in like an ironic kind of way, but it's but it's interesting because it's not like you can fault the movie for that because it's very clear that James Wan knew exactly what he was doing, you know. Oh yeah, no, he knew exactly what he was doing with this movie. <laughs> yeah. So like, I think some scenes that I kind of want to highlight a little bit. Um, well, for one, I think that like where this movie really starts to switch it up is. I would say the scene where, okay, well, I mean, the jail cell scene is is where this movie really starts to just like oh. entirely. You, um, wait, so you're saying that the, the the basically last thirty minutes of the film is where we start. I mean, I guess yeah, I agree with that. Well, the last but this is where is where this movie just goes off the off the rails batshit <laughs> in, in a good way. That's like, fair. <laughs> Because I think that like there are other scenes too that I, that I definitely want to mention, but this scene in particular was where I was where like there were so many questions left just like on the table. Like for example, okay, so so just to set the scene. So at this point in the movie, um, I guess if we explain the plot, uh, Mass has been seeing these murders. She goes to the cops. She explains what's going on. They are then convinced that she is seeing these murders, but they don't really know why exactly she's seeing them. They begin to believe that she is the she is responsible for it. Um, after like she witnesses a couple different murders, and there there are a few that I kind of the, the out of the three main ones that happened in this film, I definitely want to highlight a couple of them because um, it's very interesting. Uh, I I read a few interviews with James Wan, so we'll 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 kind of go into that a little bit later. But I think that like the the jail cell scene, when we get to that point, Madison has been arrested. 
Um, they begin to believe that it's her that's behind this. There was an interrogation scene where they talked to Gabriel, but they don't know how exactly she is connected to Gabriel. But it's obvious that there's some sort of connection between the two of them. So she's in a jail cell. Um, while this is happening, it's being intercut with uh, her sister. Um, her sister's name is, I actually have it written down, uh, Sydney. It's intercut with Sydney going to the psychiatric facility that Madison was held in when she was a child. And so when she goes to that facility, she uh, manages to find records because this abandoned facility, of course, they'd have records just sitting in the basement, right? Yeah, after all these years, after like 30 plus years, they're like, you know, we'll keep them all, keep all the records, and we'll abandon the place. Exactly. And so, like, uh, she goes back home with the records, Sydney, and um, her and her mother, uh, Madison's adopted mother, but Sydney's mother, uh, watch the videotapes that have essentially the evidence they need in order to prove what's going like in order to find out what's going on with madison uh we then learn that's when we get the big reveal that 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 madison is in fact connected to a teratoma this teratoma is sentient it is able to um control madison basically putting madison in like this sleep-like state where she is no longer in control of her own body in a weird way i guess like a good comparison would be the sunken place yeah, so like, but like, posts up sunken place where it's like, yes, exactly, where the white person is taking control of the black person's body. If you haven't seen Get Out, um, also watch that movie. <laughs> oh yes, watch that movie. I'm sorry, I kind of, I kind of spoiled it. A li- we kind of spoiled it a little bit, but honestly, ah, spoilers. Like so much, that movie has so much more going on in it that, like, that's not gonna, that's not gonna ruin the experience. That's like the, but... that's like the least important part of that movie. But <laughs> <laughs> exactly, honestly, uh, and so like, basically, she is in the state where she is just shit and she has no control over it because gabriel has taken full control of her brain um and so while this is happening we then cut back to madison in the jail cell uh, first off so many questions why is there a woman dressed like she's in the 70s never explained why is this mullet lady played by the great zoe bell just like being antagonistic never explained they it's just so funny uh, it's like everyone's like cracked out it's just like a bunch of cracked out prostitutes, and then like, well, yeah, and everyone's then, like, super violent for no reason. Like everyone's just like super yeah. aggressive, and I'm just like, is this just supposed to be like, like every prisoner is a thug? Which is just a weird. I mean, I guess it's just yeah. trying to match that campy vibe where it's like, you take the most extreme version of that thing. So <laughs> prisoners, yeah, they're yeah. all thugs. Yeah, exactly, and like it's so strange. And then on top of that, like I think what made it even funnier is that just to add like a little, just to add a little spice. They added a woman in the corner, just like on the toilet. Why did we need that? I don't know. Because we can. It paints a scene. How else will I know that this is a very bad place if there's not a random lady peeing in the corner? It adds the it adds the atmosphere. It's certain (laughs) obvious. But like I think um, basically at this point, uh, Madison. After this reveal happens, Madison for whatever reason is getting the shit kicked out of her. Don't know why. And so I think this is the part where I was like, what is happening? And I, and I literally looked at my screen like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> Madison starts, like, seizing, right? And then all the other women in the cell are like, oh my god, get in here. This bitch is having a seizure. Okay. And oh, that you, that you probably caused from beating her up. Like, that, like... Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> a normal, logical, like, state of being, like, hmm. A... 
is me beating this lady up. B, she started uh, seizing. I don't know how this right. happened. It's not me. This correlation, I don't see it. Oh my and, god! And that now so, you oh suddenly care too. They suddenly care like that she sees and be like, ah, we went too far. I they're guess. Like, <laughs> they're like, oh no, we need help. <laughs> like, it's just so like, what the fuck? And well, okay. Like, actually, that it's not just her seizing. Um, we forgot to also mention this point. Anytime Gabriel, like, comes into the scene, um, when he takes over Madison's body, he literally, since he's on the back of her body, like her back and her head, yeah. Um, he literally inverts her body, so like yeah, her so, arms, so, her arms break backwards, so that he can use them, like in the like in his perspective, and it's just I, that's why they're more so freaking out. Um, well, it's like well because. Well, I was gonna say like because when when it's happening, like it looks like she's seizing, but then she like starts screaming, and literally the back of her head opens up, <clears throat> and a face just comes out of the back. Of her head. Yeah, so that might also cause room for panic. Um, yeah, yep, yep. And so like, um, basically the scene then this movie all of a sudden turns into like John Wick or something, where she just starts like brutally just murking every single person. <laughs> Like, like it, exactly. like it's her job, like it's her job, yeah, and, and it's it's like I was just so I didn't even know what to think at this point because I was because while I was watching, I was like, I don't know if I love this or if I if or if I hate this. Like, I I legitimately did not know how to feel about like all of this that was going on because so she so basically Madison at this point like her arms are broken backwards, like she is moving backwards, um. And I looked this up because this is part of like the James Wan interviews I was reading. And apparently, like the stunt actor that um that played Madison, um I don't know I don't remember if I kept if I noted her name, uh, Marina Mazepa. I apologize if I completely butchered that name, but she is the stunt performer that's playing that's playing like the 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 version of Gab this version of Gabriel essentially, and. Apparently, she did all that. Like, she did all that backwards. So you're telling me she actually broke her arms backwards? Well, no. That's like, dedication. Give her a raise. <laughs> she's like, but she is apparently like a she's a stunt performer. She's a dancer. She's like she's like a contortionist on some level. So she so she was like able to kind of like make that look oh. as real as possible without actually having to use because apparently like they may have punched it up with a little bit of CGI, but according to James Wan, they didn't actually do anything to really like make the scene look any different like like it, it it look it's it's exactly what you see on screen like it's what she's doing jesus <laughs> yeah exactly and, and i because say that she... only because if you see the movie you understand why i said like yeah, that this, is that's this... pure dedication yeah because it's like why because like she's like because she's like she's like punching people in the face kicking them backwards and then at one point she like stomps on someone's head and then she like she like goes bends backwards and snaps somebody's neck it's like what is happening in this movie um and all these people are dying brutally and we lose the great zoe bell may she rest in peace apparently the character's name is scorpion so rest in peace oh, scorpion. oh my god yeah i, I looked did... it up i don't know why but the character's name is scorpion again to sell the thug vibe just like yeah i'm a bass lady who's done hard things um apparently not deal with a, a parasitic twin can break oh god yeah, <laughs> It's so batshit. And then, so, and then immediately after this happens, we then get this, oh my god, this masterclass scene where she, where Madison at this point, completely taken over by Gabriel, so Gabriel, 
just murders an entire police station. Everyone in this police station, dead. It, it's a, it it's is like a true master... Sequence. Yeah, it's a true masterpiece of an action sequence, but it I think you were hinting towards this earlier, Daryl, where it's just like a complete flip of like a horror movie. So you're like, this I'm yeah. not, I'm not even watching this as in fear. I'm watching this because I'm actually invested in the action sequence. But not even for the police, but for Gabriel. Because also that's a good question of disbelief. Where did where did Gabriel learn all of this? Like become this professional hand-to-hand combat freaking murder beast or never explained well they kind of they also hinted at it like which is is also a funny explanation towards the end of the movie when madison wins her battle against gabriel and uh her sister is pinned against the wall um under like this medical bed like this heavy machinery thing and so she's she's like talking to cindy her sister she's like all right i can get this off you and cindy's like what what do you mean and she's like well me gabriel share a body so anything he can do I can do. And she just lifts the freaking bed off her sister. And I'm just like, what? How? What? <laughs> this movie's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. But it's, like, but it's one of those things where it's like, it doesn't make sense, but you know, you're just kind of with it. Like, you're just kind of like, okay, I'm along for the ride. You know what? I'll just let whatever happens, happens. And just let it go. Because uh, during the action sequence, I think that where I really got taken out. So there's a couple things that happened during, during the sequence. Gabriel... At one point, like, flips over a desk. People are shooting at, shooting at this bitch with shotguns. And he's still like, ha! Doing summer service. Super, super flips. <laughs> super flips. And then, like, and like goes around. And there's, like, a long, like, one-take sequence where we watch as Gabriel, like, just starts, like, stabbing and, and just cutting people apart. At one point, he cuts somebody's arm off and then chucks it at someone else. And knocks them out. And then, like, and then I think that where where it really took me out was towards the end of the of the battle, uh, Gabriel... So, we didn't mention the two detectives in the film. So, the detectives in this movie are Detective Kakoa Shaw, played by George Young, and Detective Regina Moss, played by um, Nicole... I believe I'm pressing that correctly. Nicole Brianna White. And it's very clear that Regina Moss is supposed to be kind of like almost like a like a uh uh what's her name oh my god why, why am i forgetting it like a wanda sykes type character where like where like she's kind of like the voice of reason but she's also like this is fucking ridiculous yeah she's the only one who actually has like that initial hunch in the beginning of the film where she's like ain't no way this isn't madison killing people which technically yeah, exactly. which technically she was but wasn't you know with the whole well, game it's completely thing. rational you can never look at her and be like and be like, oh, you're wrong. Because, like, it's rational. Like, what, like I don't understand how else you explain any of this bullshit. Um, but, like, ah. Uh, um, and I think that where, where the movie really took me out was there's a scene where Regina and um, Kakoa are after, they like, they've both been, like, stabbed or something to, to some capacity. Like, they're both injured. And then Gabriel just all of a sudden decides to take a chair and then launches it at them and it hits them with the hair. And this is that's how I like to paint the picture properly. So imagine these two injured people hobbling out towards the door. They're almost there. They're basically there, like an inch away. And Gabriel all the way across the room in a single shot frame. I don't know how they did this, but it was a great shot. Yeets the chair 
or desk or whatever and like you just follow the desk as it flies across the room it's like at least a a 30 foot wide room (laughs) and just nails these two people in the back of the head and they're just knocked out and i I tell i'm pretty sure just both busted out laughing during the scene like it's just oh my god this movie's just too much well it's like oh my god this this at this point, any form of horror that this movie was kind of building up is gone. And so I, I find it very impressive that, like, that in a movie like this, right, where, like, it's kind of set up to be, because it's very clear that this movie had, like, its various, like, inspirations, right? It starts off feeling almost like a weird supernatural horror film. And then it progresses in terms of, like, this almost, like, um, murder mystery slash giallo film. Which, do you know what giallo horror is? Or, like, I, what? I don't. So basically, it's like Ital- it's it's a specific like like Italian horror. I'm not like an expert on any of this, so take what I say with a grain of salt. But essentially, um, it's like Italian horror. Uh, a lot of times, it has like its kind of its tropes. So like a lot of like ooh, like the black glove, the black glove cl- killer. Um, a lot of red, like garish reds and uh, leather and like black and, uh, and whatever. And so and basically, a lot of those horror movies properly. <laughs> True. No, a lot of the movies. (laughs) (laughs) But a lot of the movies, like um, what is it called? The uh, typically like there's kind of like a black glove killer of some kind. A lot of times it's like this killer is murdering women, but in this case they're not really going that far. But there's one particular scene that really kind of shows like the giallo influences, where uh, Madison goes to lay in her bed, goes to lay in her bed to sleep, right? And then when she opens her eyes. Or, like, she, she rolls over or something, and when she opens her eyes, she's in the bed with another person. Um, at this point, was it, set, was, was it explained that this person is the doc, is the, one of the other doctors? Um, I don't think quite yet. I don't think okay. for that murder. I think this was, just, this was the, uh, the murder after British Lady McGee. Um, exactly. So they were almost there, but not quite. I think it, was, it wasn't until the third victim, the last doctor. Um, that we knew that it was um, the doctors that Gabriel was going after. So in this case, when she turns over and sees this little, uh, this fat man in her bed, that, you know, it's not her bed, and she sees that it's in a hotel. I forget what the name of the hotel was, but she reveals the name of the hotel, and that's how they know where to it's go. Like, yeah. Yeah, and, like, basically a lot of, like, the influences in that scene is is very clearly defined by, like, the black gloves, the knife, the um, the the garish red, because basically like there's a sign right outside of the building, um, th- coming in through the window, and like the the bright red of the sign is like coming in through, um, and so like that was the one scene that really stands out. I was like, oh, okay, it's very clear that like James Wan like loves giallo horror, and like he's trying to kind of kind of play with that. Like I think one example of giallo horror, even though you've only seen the remake, uh, Suspiria is considered to be like one of like a, a giallo horror film, really? uh, the original one. Yeah, like the seventies version. Oh, the original yeah. one. I was about to say, like the the yeah. new one. Uh, I don't know. Oh, the new one is absolutely not. <laughs> I was about to say, there's nothing about that that's like campy. That's just actually straight up just uh, creepy and off putting and unsettling. Yeah, no, I because I do, I do, I should actually watch some more Jalo Heart because there's like there's like other things like um, Blood and Black Lace I've heard of. Um, of course, there's Suspiria, but then there's other films from Dario Argento, who was the director of that original one. But like, it's very funny watching this movie because it's like. It's like, okay, I can see those influences, but, like, for this? <laughs> and it, it's really funny. It's like, um, and I think that, like, as the film, I was about to say, as the film goes along, I've said that a lot, but 
the the movie never like what's this to me it was never scary but i'm i'm a person who i don't really get scared by horror movies i um have loved like horror movies since i can remember i mean my favorite horror movie is probably the descent still but like i love movies like hereditary and midsummer of course uh get out us the um what is it called? Even, like, older horror movies, like, um, I love Alien, which is a science fiction, but a lot of people consider it to be horror, The Exorcist, like, all that jazz. And so, like, with this, like, I never found it scary, but I was definitely, like, intrigued. I was always like, okay, what's going on here? Why, why, why are people dying? And, like, did you, so did you see anything beforehand that, like, kind of suggested, like, the, the wackiness of this movie, other than what I told you about it? Uh... I saw no advertisements for this movie until we watched it. Um, mm, okay. so, so I mean, like at post post watching is when I started seeing like, um, like Snapchat Snapchat stories where it's like HBO Max, watch Malignant and stuff like that. Um, so I had no indication of where this movie was going. As soon as that opening scene happened, where it's just like, practical effects, it's at like, um, that film reel like effects with the movie starting off. And then with the title, like the title sequence starting afterwards with the hardcore rock, I knew immediately what this movie was going for. I was like, this is camp. There ain't no way this was going to be serious. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I, I felt the same way. I mean, I think that like, um, it was a combination of that and also the, um, the use of the Pixies, Where Is My Mind? Mm, exactly. And like the score. <laughs> like that scene. Uh, that was another scene that was pretty funny. So like there's, um. There's a scene. I'm sorry, we're kind of all over the place, but you know, like this movie, this movie just brings it out of you. Like, there's just it really does because there's just so much. Like, uh, I feel like with any other movie, you can at least break down point by point. Okay, there's an actual logical following to this movie. Uh, no, that just throws it out out of the window when you talk about this movie because you're like, this, there's just so many batshit moments where you're just like, oh yeah, that did happen, and then you start thinking about other things. You're like, wait, why did that happen? You know, like, yeah, you, again, this movie, you just it it has like a was it it's like a 70 something percent for to, like rotten tomato score for like critics and then like yeah. a 55 percent for audience um i guess we're in more upper range of that 55 percent where it's like mm-hmm. we we actually recommend people watching this movie yeah. not 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 for good plot not for like you know it being a, a quote-unquote movie as is but for it being a good mm-hmm. ride <laughs> yeah it's like it, it... It's weird because it's like any critique I have of this movie in a weird way. It's one of those movies where I feel like I feel like th- that stuff was intentional. Like some of the acting isn't isn't great, and the dialogue is like laughable. But like it it feels intentional. Like I feel like a director like James Wan, who has shown that he clearly understands how to make a good movie. Um, <laughs> it's really funny watching like watching this and then being like, okay, what? Yeah, so like it gets like a pass essentially because you know that it's almost there's intentionality behind it. Yeah, exactly. And like I was gonna mention with the uh, the use of the pixies in the movie, um, I think that one part that also was pretty funny, um, but at the same time you're like, what? Uh, so there's a scene where because the whole thing is that Sydney doesn't know that Madison is adopted. Sydney from birth believed that 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 they were blood sisters. And um, there's a point where where um, Madison's basically saying like, oh, I really want to have this baby because like, uh, so she's had multiple miscarriages and that's gonna be important in two seconds. But basically, um, 
she is explaining like, oh, I really wanted to know what it felt like to have like a blood relationship with somebody. And and Sydney's like, what are you talking about? I'm right here, blah, blah, blah. And then Madison's like, Sydney, I'm adopted. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, like <laughs> the pixies where is my mind starts playing. And and her sister looks shocked. She is shook to her she is shooketh to her core. And it's so funny because she she just look she just looks at her with like this wide-eyed, like, like her mouth just dropped. When she found that out. And it's like it, it's just like that scene in particular really sums up how ridiculous this movie is for a while. Um, yeah, it's hard and, to and believe that see... she, it's hard to believe that you didn't know that they were really considering they look nothing alike. I mean, yeah, besides no. the whole actor thing, but also she had blonde hair. Like Sydney yeah, had, blonde had blonde hair, hair, and then her sister Madison like has straight brunette, like dark brown hair. Like and then, uh, I mean to be. Just, I mean, to be fair, maybe she thought that that, that black hair was a wig. I mean, it, it was a wig. It was a very bad it wig. It was a wig. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, um, oh damn, that wig. Um, but, yeah, no, it was, um, oh my god. It's just so odd to me, because, like, because as the story, when we, when we learn more about Gabriel originally, uh, there's a scene where we are, um, where she is being, like, interviewed by, like, a hypnotherapist. Because police work with those all the time i guess i, I didn't know that was a thing um maybe it's not no no they do all the time do, do they oh, okay well no no I, they, do, no, they don't know. they don't with hypnotherapists <laughs> that's that's well, like the, so, if you've ever seen psych like that that show or uh, the mentalist that's like that yeah like, no actual police department's going to bring in some person who's like that uh, well i can i can understand working with a therapist but with a hypnotherapist that seems very like I don't know. I don't know. But maybe they do. I, I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert. Uh, who knows? But basically, um, in this scene, there are a few things that happen in this scene that are just wild. So basically, when, this is before we find out anything about, about Gabriel, like what Gabriel actually is. But at this point, we believe that Gabriel is Madison's imaginary friend from when she was a child. Um, also, we never mentioned this, but um, there was a woman early on in the film that we don't know who this woman is, but she was kidnapped by Gabriel, and she is strung up in some sort of, of like, of like evil lair. <laughs> uh, we find out what that what that lair is, and I'll explain it in two seconds. But it it, it it it's just like an old like dusty thing, and she's like tied up, uh, in there with Gabriel for a while. And then uh, we learn more about Gabriel in the sense that, like, when Matt, when Madison was a kid, and uh, her adopted mother was um, pregnant with Sydney, uh, we find out that basically Madison, this thing where she was talking to someone that no one else could see, and um, no one knew who it was, but everyone just believed that it was Madison's imaginary friend. And then at one point, Madison uh, went downstairs with a knife to go and get a piece of cake, um, to cut into a piece of cake. And we find out that it was, that it's not a piece of cake. She doesn't cut into it, but we find out that it wasn't a piece of cake. She was actually standing over her mother's stomach, her adopted mother's stomach, while she's pregnant, um, with the knife. And Gabriel wanted for her to kill her sister, essentially. Um... So again, Gabriel's then, a petty bitch. Exactly. Like he's Gabriel, her, his, his whole thing is that he wants to isolate Madison. And we'll get into like 
what's really interesting about this movie because there are a few comparisons to other movies that we have in mind. But when we find out about this, um, Madison is like deeply troubled by this. She like freaks out, whatever. And then we cut back to uh, to like Marne Day. The hypnotherapist takes her out of her of her trance. She explains like, "Oh my God, I remember. I remember everything about Gabriel." But like, she never really explains it. Or, like, she doesn't remember everything. She just remembers, like, Gabriel being, like, evil and all this other stuff. Like, there's a whole thing where, like, where, like when she was a kid, she used to call Gabriel the devil. Uh, so, for a hot second, we're thinking, like, ooh, is this, like, a religious thing? Like, what's going on? Um, then, the woman that was tied up in, like, that weird lair, she manages to cut herself down. So, she's no longer tied up. Tied up. She's crawling along the floor, and all of a sudden, the floor, like, gives out. And she falls from the goddamn ceiling of Madison's house in front of the police. And the police are like, what? <laughs> That's not even to put it lightly. Like, literally, we, again, this was me and Daryl and our friends watching this movie, we're all just like, what the fuck just happened? And how did she not know this woman was in her attic this whole time? Yeah, <laughs> like, what? Like, how do we just, how do, we can't just, we can't just, that like first of all also how big is her house like that's also another thing like we see your house like it's pretty decently it sized did not look that big. It, it did not look that big where it's like you can't hear someone walking around upstairs well actually well she was tied up but if they're like again at this point we didn't know that gabriel was you know madison's uh mm-hmm. you know basically parasitic twin on her back um so which explains why she didn't hear anyone walking around up there but at the same time you would think that she would hear someone like muffling or like the the floor the, the some type of like boards creaking like in the ceiling you'd be like hmm that's weird that's a big rat up there like what you didn't hear anything not a thing like exactly and it's it's yeah. just so strange and <laughs> so funny but it's so strange because like yeah i would have thought that like um because i guess my only explanation for why that could be the case is maybe gabriel is still fucking with her i guess on some level oh yeah that's maybe? another thing that we didn't that you, i think you hinted at but didn't necessarily mention like yeah he fucks with her in so many ways um but another one oh, yeah. was that like her miscarriages that she kept having she had like three or yep. four pregnancies yep. were all due to gabriel uh because he was literally feeding on them which to build himself back up to build himself back up um so that's another thing that's just like, wow, this is bonkers of a movie plot. Uh, so he's, he's manipulating Madison in terms of uh, her outside world, uh, her inside world being her, like, her babies, and um, causing just all these awful things to happen. Uh, which kind of brought me to, I think I've, I've said this to you before, Daryl, as well, that this movie kind of reminded me of another horror movie called In. Invisible Man, which is a great movie. I've literally said, I said throughout the whole movie as we're watching it, I was like, this is just Invisible Man, but worse, uh, because I, I think Invisible Man's the better movie if you were to take it seriously. Um, but again, mm-hmm. both are good movies in their own right, but if you want a good horror film, I, I guess it's not really horror. Can you call it horror? It's more like psychological well, thriller. Man, I, I think Invisible Man is like a horror movie, but it, it it's definitely more of a thriller. It's It's more in line with like a I mean, in a literal sense, more in line with, like, a Sleeping with the Enemy or, like, a, um... Well, because a large portion of that movie also deals with, like, the idea of, like, what if you were experiencing something that you know for a fact is happening but no one believes you? And that's, yeah. like, a certain type of horror genre in itself. Um, 
And so, like, I think that, like, with Invisible Man, because it is very similar in terms of, like, like, the actual movies themselves are very different. Um, but, like, in terms of the story that's being told and, like, how it's, like, oh, this whole thing is happening because Gabriel is doing it and, like, I'm just, like, a pawn in his scheme and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and the fact that Madison knows that there's something going on beyond just simply, like, like, because Madison's whole thing is that is that she is always being blamed for things that Gabriel's doing. But, of course, her and Gabriel are in the same body, so it's very difficult to kind of separate the two. But, um, that's the case. But with Invisible Man, uh, it's that, like, it's the same thing of, like, of like Gabriel and, um, oh, my God, what's the name of the, the husband in Invisible Man? Oh, they say oh, it all the time. I they don't say remember. it a lot. I feel like it was, very it? Bas- it was a very basic white name, I feel like. Uh, I'm gonna look this up real quick, but it—it's similar in the sense that like both characters, both villains, are trying to isolate their their victim or like their their the protagonist in order to um, Adrian was his name, but in order to um, isolate the protagonist and make it so that that protagonist really can only the only connection that that protagonist has is with the villain. So. In Malignant, it's that Gabriel wants to be the one and only for Madison. And in Invisible Man, it's Adrian wanting to be the one and only for Cecilia. But it's interesting because what the thing about Invisible Man that makes it like that, the thing about the two that makes it different is, is that I think Invisible Man takes itself very seriously in a good way. And I think that the thing about Invisible Man that makes it interesting is that it's very much a film about. Uh, a woman's agency being taken away and how her uh, and about her like being this abuse victim but no one believes her and how she is just constantly being for lack of a better term victimized by this literal invisible person versus in malignant it's a similar thing but much more like on the nose <laughs> where it's like where it's like it's about a woman who literally has no agency due to this invisible person because it's technically in her head both metaphorically and literally. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, like, they have very sim- very similar, like, themes, I guess, going on in them. But I think what makes uh, Invisible Man, like, as a movie, the better movie is that Invisible Man, I think, is just, on a technical level, I think it's more impressive. I think that the, the story is a little more engaging. I like Cecilia as a character more than I do Madison. Um, or really any other character in this movie, for that matter. Um, <laughs> but just, just one character is better than the whole cast of. of I mean, low key, because because I, because I remember one thing I really liked about Invisible Man was that like when it started off, like getting to know these characters was really interesting. Like getting to know Cecilia as a person, and also watching her interactions between like her and um, James Aldous Hodge, Aldous Hodge's character, and oh look, another Sydney. <laughs> Uh, Storm Reed's character, his daughter in the movie, um, watching like, their interactions, like the scene where she gives her the uh, the scholarship money or tells her about the scholarship money that's being put in the bank account, like that scene is great. And like and like watching those types of interactions was really fun. In this movie, we never get an interaction like that. Every interaction is just really sad. Yeah, I mean, nothing is like even like the sisterhood between uh, Madison and Sydney. Nothing yeah. feels like genuine i guess to put it that way where it's well, like you don't be- you don't believe they were sisters that had like even a close bond like you see sydney like literally like in a very loving like way with madison like Ma- when madison was in the hospital in the beginning though like sydney's just mm-hmm. all up in her like space like literally on the bed with her cuddling her it's like oh i love you madison kind of feel it's like yeah. 
what's the motivation behind it? Like, I never once saw anything to, like, give off the feeling that Madison actually cared back about Sydney, other than her being her, her sister. Like, I, she's my sister, don't kill her, Gabriel. Like, that's literally, it's literally all dialogue. It's nothing hinted at, like, yeah. a reciprocal thing. Yeah, and, and it's interesting because, like, even in Invisible Man, like, there is a sister character. And in a lot of ways, the, 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 the depiction of the sister in Invisible Man and the depiction of the sister in, in Malignant is similar in the sense that the sister is also, like, kind of, like, trying to be a voice of reason, but also trying to be supportive, um, but, like, can definitely feel, like, how traumatized their sibling is. But I think what, make, what makes Invisible Man more interesting is that, like, well, for one, we don't really get much between... Cecilia and her sister, but what makes it interesting is that, like, her sister is very, like, um, like, hard-edged, no bullshit, like, and, like, it makes it, it makes it a little more interesting than this sister who's, like, yeah, I'm an actress who works at birthday parties, um, also, I believe my sister when she says that she's being haunted by Gabriel, I don't know, I don't know, there's something just a little more interesting about Invisible Man, um, in that sense, but I think that, like, um, I think that, just generally speaking, like, Invisible Man left me thinking, like, okay, well, how is she going to get out of this situation? In Malignant... You're just like, the, she's fucked. <laughs> she's fucked. And, like, the and the conclusion is very funny to me, because it's like, that's all it took. That's yeah. all you had to do? She just had to try. Really? So you're telling me that it's almost you like... You just had to try? <laughs> you, this whole movie, you just didn't try? I mean... That was... This whole movie made the case for, like... So, have you ever seen The Host? The, the like, I think, like, 2013? Um, movie starring Shirsha Ronan. No. Okay, so in that movie, there's a, there's a line of dialogue where um, so the main character Shirsha Ronan, she jumped out of a out of a whole fucking window, but she's still alive. And so um, and so one of the characters, one of like the doctors, says like, "There's not like they say something lines of like, there's not um a bone not broken or organ not ruptured. I I cannot tell you why she is not dead." And then another character just goes, this one wants to live. This whole movie was just, the, was just the case for this one wants to live. It's so funny. Oh my god. And so the, and so by the end, basically, so explain the ending. Basically, at some point, um, we learn about Gabriel. So Gabriel's getting ready to kill Sydney and Madison's birth mother. Because Jane Doe, that woman that fell from the ceiling, is, is Madison's birth mother. We don't know that, but now we do. And so... Madison, the way that it's it's staged is that is that Gabriel in Madison's body is getting ready to kill the two of them. Madison uh, is basically like disembodied from herself, and she's standing in the corner watching all this happen, and she can't do anything. So then, basically, Sydney says like, "Madison, you gotta fight him. He was feeding off of your babies." I'm not joking. This is how this information is revealed. We did not know this beforehand, and now we're all of a sudden she's screaming it, <laughs> Madison. Like, oh, he was feeding off of your babies to get stronger and build himself back up. And that and that was what inspired Madison to go, like, I'm going to take over. So then so then Gabriel kills the sister and then kills the birth mother. And then all of a sudden, Madison's like, Hey, you thought. And then basically everything starts dissolving around them. And that's like that that is one cool thing that we didn't really talk about. Like, there's a really cool effect that happens that you see in the trailer where um Whenever Madison, and in this case Gabriel, uh, is like is essentially being able to witness what's going on around them, like like whatever it was that was going on around them originally is not reality. 
everything will start like kind of dissolving around them and like this really really interesting effect um that they do a couple times in the movie it's 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 really cool to see um and so that happens with gabriel and then we get this standoff where gabriel and where gabriel and madison are talking in her head right and it's and this is where we're like full sunken place like it's, it's just a black room and then she is like she's like it's over gabriel like i you forgot that we're in the same body it's like apparently you did too madison uh yeah. this whole movie you forgot you literally did until this this yeah. very moment and so and, and then like basically so she is like uh basically the the scene gets summed up by like i've had enough of your shit we're done and so she goes and all of a sudden there's just like a giant like there's giant like bars right like like a giant like jail cell bars Mm-hmm. And so she, and then so she walks over to the jail cell bars, and then Gabriel's like, "Gabriel's like, well, I'll be back." And then she goes, "She goes, oh, wait, does that mean there's gonna be a like, sequel?" Ah, uh, we'll get to we'll get to that because if there's a sequel, I don't want there to be a sequel. Honestly, this movie's too batshit on its own. Um, but basically, she goes, she goes, uh, what did she say? She said something lines of like, "Oh, I, I know," and when you do. I'll be ready for you. And it's just like, what? And then she shuts the bars. She shuts the bars closed. And then all of a sudden, she just, like, comes back. Also, by this point, she's been shot multiple times. Because Gabriel, like, even when he was fighting or whatever, there were a couple times where people did hit him. So he was shot a couple times. as So she was shot. And, like, her arms are all broken. But then but then when she comes back, she's just kind of like, <gasps> and then, like, she has no she has no bullet wounds. Her arms are just, just go back to normal. No, nothing's, she's not hurt. Everything's okay. She's not also, even tired so, from, from Gabriel using tired. her body. <laughs> just like, oh, yep. Yeah, she's just like, oh, yep, I'm back. And and so, uh, and I mentioned that the sister and the birth mother get killed. That was actually a misdirect. So the sister and, and the birth mother are still alive. Uh, they're just chilling, right? They're still alive, whatever. Um, we mentioned before, Madison's like, it was still my body. And like, just like, yeets, <laughs> lifts up a, a whole medical bed and just like moves it. Uh, and then her and Sydney just, like, have, like, a nice little embrace on the floor, and they're, like, and basically, the ending, I guess the primary theme of the movie, or the thing you're supposed to be take, you're supposed to take away, it's up to some capacity, is, like, uh, she really wanted to know what it was like to have a blood relationship with somebody, but in fact, it was the person that she wasn't related to that she needed all along. Which is just, like, what? Like, what? What? That's that's it. That's your message. That's wait. And there was supposed to be a message. Why is this a message? It wasn't a horror message. Uh... Yeah, it, it, it doesn't make sense. And it, and like I I think that like as much as I'm saying like okay this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. This movie's still fucking fun. Like even us describing it does not give this movie justice. Like you have to see it to understand like what what makes this movie so entertaining. Um. And yeah. That's malignant. <laughs> that is malignant. Uh, ugh. I feel both. It's both frustrating as a like, as a movie movie in terms of like mm-hmm. plot and reasoning, but at the same time, it's just as I said before, it's a fun time. It's just you gotta watch it for yourself. We could we could describe it all day and keep remembering other th- parts of this movie. Uh, by the end of the day, I say go watch it. It's a it's a go watch it for me. 
Yeah, same here. I, I think that, like, that, like, I, so I do have a letterbox account, um, and on my letterbox, I gave it a four, four out of five, um, and I think that that's fair, because my thing about this movie is that, like, it's not a perfect movie by any means. It is not, like, you could argue that this movie isn't even good, but it's really entertaining. James Wan's direction is really on point. I think one thing we never mentioned, and I did want to bring it up at some point, was there is one particular shot in this movie that is just amazing, where basically there's a scene where, where Madison's trying to basically lock up all the doors, close up all the windows, whatever, whatever. And then she sees that one of the doors has been opened. And it's, it's a bird's eye view tracking shot of her running from that door through the various rooms. And, and the, the house looks like a dollhouse almost. And she's running through these various rooms. We, uh, we see her run through. And then the, the camera passes over from the top of the house over like the hallway. And then we see her run up, run over up the stairs down that same hallway we already passed by with the camera and then into a room and you can see that tracking shot they show that tracking shot in the in the trailer but it's it's a really amazing like feat of technical filmmaking and that's the thing about james wan is like even when his movies are like kind of bad like aquaman is bad but entertaining and a lot of that is because he just understands how to make a good movie he, he knows how to make a good movie even with a bad script. And that's very, very rare with a lot of filmmakers. Like, I think the only other filmmaker I, think, I can think of who does that sometimes is, like, maybe James Cameron. That's fair. Also, Yeah, no. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Just to go back real quick. Um, as mentioned, the host, since I've never seen before, two things came up. Oh. One, the 2006 Bong Joon-ho, the host. Yes, so there's um, two different hosts. It, which I saw was within the images was a freaking giant tadpole, essentially. And I was like, this doesn't yep. seem like yep. the right movie. And if it is, <laughs> this is a mistake. Because I, the, the way you're making this movie sound sounds more serious. And then I get to the 2013 host. And then I see boldly posted across the top of the screen from the author of the Twilight Saga, the host. And yes. I was like, wait yes. a second. You're telling me this person, I don't even remember her name, the author, who made the Twilight series, uh, made the host. Stephanie Meyer. Oh my god, this is... Re- and then just like, this yeah. movie has to be bad then. Yeah, so like, I didn't want to get confused with the Bong Joon-ho host movie, because I haven't seen the host, Bong Joon-ho's the host. But I know it, it's supposed to be a good movie, I do want to watch it, I know it's on Hulu, so I'll definitely get, get to it at some point. But, um, because I fucking love Parasite, just letting you know. But, um, yeah, no, so The Host 2013 is a weird movie, because, um, and I know we're getting on like a weird, a weird sub, sub segue, but you know, it's fine. Um... Basically, that movie... So, the general plot is that Shirsha Ronan plays a girl who lives in, like, this post-apocalyptic future... Or semi-post-apocalyptic future, where, essentially, there is there are these aliens that came to Earth, and they're, like, little parasites. And what they do is they, they burrow into the back of your fucking neck, so that way they can control your body. And so... And the way they have to do that is you have to be dead. So, what I'm hearing is that this movie's title should be actually Parasite. You know, this very like you know, cool right now. It's this, this is funny. This is crazy. It, this is it's really <laughs> funny. Um, but basically, these aliens. Um, so their whole thing is that they. Well, the alien. The rules of these aliens don't make any sense because the rules of these aliens is that like they only they trust each other no matter what. They only believe in kindness, so like world peace and 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 stuff, which is fine. But like the way that this world operates, it doesn't make any sense that these people that these things would be able to take over the planet. Right, because the idea is that is that all humans on this planet have been taken over by these aliens. But the thing about these aliens that makes it funny is that the aliens, as far as we know, are basically harmless unless it invades your neck. So I already have questions about like 
How? How? Also, they're all just giving each other hickeys. (laughs) It's so strange. And then on top of that, a large portion of countries in this in the in the world, actually most of the countries in the world, um, have guns. But these aliens don't believe in violence. No, guns aren't violent, Daryl. People are violent. Well, what I, what I mean is that is that like is that in theory, it doesn't make sense that these aliens would be able to take over the world if like literally someone with a shotgun pulls up and they're like, oh, we can't defend ourselves because we don't we, we don't believe in violence. <laughs> it's like, oh, it got me. Make it makes sense. But but yeah, maybe that's a movie that we that we should watch because that movie. Oh boy, that movie's pretty bad. Um, and also, it's really funny because there's a love triangle between because the whole idea is that is that in that movie I mentioned oh, like another the, love triangle. Of course she did. There's a love triangle. So, but <laughs> but it's more of like a love, a love square. So basically, what it is is that so there's four Shirsha people Ronan, involved. Yes. So I'll explain. So Shirsha Ronan, she is alive, right? But they think that she is de- no. Okay, what it is is that she jumped from the window. She's knocked out. They're like, oh, she's still alive, but, like, she doesn't, she, she shouldn't be alive, right? So then these aliens are like, okay, well, let's just put an alien in her anyway. So they put an alien in her, and then what ends up happening is it's basically she has two people inside of her goddamn body. So one is, is her, is the, is the real Shirsha Ronan, right? And yeah. the other is the alien. And so the whole movie, we basically hear the alien is the one that's controlling Shirsha Ronan's body and talking as Shirsha Ronan. But, but via voiceover, we hear the real Shirsha Ronan in her own head. And so the alien and the real Shirsha Ronan are talking to each other in her head. But then you have the love square gets complicated because at some point Shirsha Ronan ends up being picked up, being picked up by a group of like of like renegades right like a, a group of humans that haven't been in, in, infected yet they see her and the, and the way that you can tell that someone's been infected is that their eyes glow like a bright blue um she is infected right but the characters there know her specifically one character who was her boyfriend <laughs> uh and so they see that she's that she's been infected but she, but the Alien explains that inside her head is the real Shirsha Ronan. So then we start off, and then we have this weird love triangle where it's like, okay, so the so the the boyfriend character wants to be with real Shirsha Ronan, but the thing that's controlling Shirsha Ronan's body is the alien. But then we find out that there's another character who loves the alien. I, uh, I don't like this. So you have one character who <laughs> loves the much. alien, one character who loves the real Shirsha Ronan, and th- both of those characters, both Shirsha Ronans are in the same body. Uh, looks like someone's gonna have a fun night tonight, then. Oh my god. Looks like um, they're just gonna have to compromise. Oh, well, I mean, no. I mean, spoiler, spoiler <laughs> at the end of the movie, I don't even remember how they got here, but spoiler at the end of the movie, they remove the alien from Shirsha Ronan's body and Shirsha Ronan's back, and they put, they put, they, uh, put uh, what is it called? They put the alien in another in another random bitch's body. Uh, this person played by uh, Emily Browning, for some reason. It, oh, jeez. Oh, and it's really funny because there was one person that I used to watch on YouTube who uh, mentioned that, like, what if... I think it was actually... Never mind. I do still watch them. I think it's Your Movie Suck. Um, he mentions, like, what if you... What if the, the alien had been put in the body of fucking Danny DeVito? <laughs> Would you still love her then? Uh... 
Uh, I mean, hey, love is love. <laughs> and with that, I I think we've probably hit enough time. We've covered everything we need to <laughs> uh, um, for, for episode so, yeah. one. <laughs> yep. So I hope you guys had a fun time listening to us. Uh, again, definitely go out and watch Malignant. It's actually in theaters now, but it's also on HBO Max, I think until like beginning of October. So um, if you have HBO Max, I highly recommend you watch it. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you for listening to our first episode of the BDE podcast. Yeah, stay tuned for more episodes coming along the way. We're hoping to make this a regular series, so hopefully consistent scheduling will help us release this on a uh, weekly basis. So Exactly, stay exactly. Stay tuned. Uh, we were not sponsored by HBO Max and Warner Brothers for this uh, review, uh, but if they want to, please feel free to, and we we hit, hit us up anytime you want. But other than that, have a good, good rest of your day, everyone. Yeah, same here. Uh, I hope everyone has a great rest of your day. And um, yeah, hopefully we can make this regular thing. And yeah. Thank you. Bye-bye. Craig, go away. Craig, join. <laughs> Craig, leave. <laughs> <laughs>